I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I am sitting here in my big, comfortable, black, manly, leather papa chair in my living room, and my legs are hurting, and I'm trying to remember what my lady wonder wench wanted me to do with her car tomorrow, and I'm looking at a blank page where the copy for a new TV commercial that's due tomorrow is supposed to be, and in general, I am beginning to get that oldie moldy feeling. You ever get that feeling? And it's really senseless. The oldie moldy feeling. It's like old age is creaking up on you. <laughs> you feel like your social security number should be one. Like when God said, let there be light, you were the one who flipped the switch. <laughs> you feel yourself going from why not to why bother. You're tempted to go to a dentist, have him put braces on your dentures to make you feel younger. Is that what's bothering you, Bunky? <laughs> It really doesn't make any sense to let the oldie moldy attitude get you. I mean, even when it seems like your wild oats may have turned to shredded wheat. Remember the attitude-gratitude connection that's in the book. As Big Louie, his own bad self, says, quote, We have enough youth? How about a fountain of smart? That'd be a good idea. <laughs> amazing George Carlin had a wonderful and a very smart take on getting old. He said, the most unfair thing about life is how it ends. Life is tough. What do you get at the end of it? Death. What's that, a bonus? I think the life cycle is all backwards. Now listen to this. He said, you should die first, get that out of the way, then you live in an old age home, then you get kicked out when you're too young to live there, you get a gold watch, then you go to work. You work 40 years till you're young enough to enjoy your retirement. You party hardy. You get ready for high school. You go to grade school. You become a kid. You play. You have no responsibilities. You become a little baby. You go back into the womb. You spend your last nine months floating. And you finish off in an orgasm. <laughs> George Carlin was a genius and a very definitely Louis-Louis kind of guy. Dicks to Tales, a bunch of totally unimportant stuff for you to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important stuff that's keeping you awake at night out the other ear, and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. I love little town names. And there's a little town in Texas called Comfort. It's about halfway between two little towns. One of them is named Alice, and the other is named Louise. If I had a hotel in Comfort, I think I'd put a sign outside that says, Sleep in Comfort, between Alice and Louise. <laughs> no extra charge. Richard! Remember duck and cover in the 50s, huh? We all ducked under our desk to protect ourselves from thermonuclear destruction. 
I came across a message issued by the U.S. Civil Defense Department from those days. This message says, in case of atomic bomb attack, shut all doors and windows. And in that it says, quote, never start a rumor in a bomb blast. Never start a rumor in a bomb blast. I don't know why they said that, but you know, it seems to me if you're starting a rumor during an atomic bomb blast, it'd be kind of hard to start that rumor because it'd be really tough to hear what you were saying, wouldn't it? People would be saying, huh, huh, what'd you say? And we have just learned that when it gets really cold in Paris, the Eiffel Tower shrinks by about six inches. Of course, same thing happens to a lot of guys. Richard, Richard. Dicks the tails. They take your mind off your mind. Hey, a little housekeeping here, if you don't mind. If you like these podcasts or my spoken word CDs at DickSummer.com or my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot, available at Amazon.com, would you tell a couple of friends, please? Because they might like them, too. And as I said, you would be doing me a favor. So, thank you very much. It is sometimes... A weird time of life right now, finding ourselves in the middle of a room and saying, hey, who am I and what am I doing here, you know? Looking for the glasses that you've got perched up on top of your head. <laughs> or what I did fairly recently, getting down on the floor to do some push-ups and pushing and having Mr. Floor totally ignore you, finding yourself saying, what a lot. Huh? Happened so fast. Just when I figured I was getting my head together, my muscles fell off. Last year, my doctor said, I think you should have a stress test so I can save your life. So I said, okay. You know, the first thing he did was give me a form to sign that said essentially that this life-saving test could kill me, but I'm holding everybody in sight blameless. I signed it because I figured, hey, I'm, I'm dead, why should I care anyway? And then he started the treadmill, and every few minutes, the speed and the angle of the thing went up. And I was sweating pretty good, but I was keeping up, you know, I was really getting into it. And I asked the doctor, what's the record for this thing? He said, 27 minutes. So I, I put my head down and, you know, I started trucking. When I hit 17 minutes, he stopped the damn thing. I said, what are you doing? He's, and then he said it, the thing I hate. He said, you did very well for a guy your age. If he had been standing one foot closer to me, I would have taken his stethoscope and I would have blown Reveille right into his ears. Louis, Louis, we go now. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of advantages to being a member of the Louis Louis generation. Not the least of which is called Ben There Done That. But it is also true that you find yourself doing some things that you didn't do before. And you don't like all of them. You slipped away from your husband this morning. It's the first time you ever really did it that way. It was for his own good, because you just didn't want to wake him up. He was sleeping so soundly, and he's been very worried about money and his job. It's been keeping him up late at night. You were glad you didn't wake him up when you got up for work. These different schedules have been kind of tough on your relationship, though. You like each other. You love each other. And you've always loved making love with each other, even though there really hasn't been much time for that lately. Both of you have been under a lot of stress. Times have been so tough that for the first time in your lives, you're both 
realizing that you're not kids anymore. You've both been very athletic all of your lives. You're still in pretty good shape. But suddenly there are aches and pains right about where the television commercials said they would be. And you've been surprised to find that sometimes you just don't really feel like making love, even when there is time. And when you do feel like it, you realize that sometimes he's not quite up to it. That never happened before. It's made you begin to wonder if he really thinks you still are sexy. You two are friends. You've been through kids and financial disasters and sickness together. And generally, you've come out stronger people for it, a happier couple, even hotter lovers, for a while at least. You've managed to find the laughs between the tears and the hopes between the disasters and each other's warm and willing bodies between the sheets. You're telling yourself it's just the stress and the different schedules and you're not kids anymore. You thought about him a lot today and you remember how he used to get up and leave you in the middle of the night when you were his mistress. How empty the bed felt in the morning and how he must have felt when he woke up this morning alone. You did it for his own good. You didn't want to wake him. He's been so tired. But after all of this time, this was the first morning that you slipped away without kissing him. You really didn't want to wake him up. It was for his own good. But how quickly our lives slip away. stopped on the way home from work and, and he brought her some flowers. That story is called The Slip Away Wife. It's from the Night Connections personal audio CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to DickSummer.com and download it from the Night Connections icon there on the home page. The Attitude-Gratitude Connection. There's a lot about it in my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot. It's a big part of the difference between members of the Louie Louie generation and those dreadful, dreary drones that I was telling you about. It's the difference between being not young and being old. It's not really the years at all you know, that makes that difference. My friend Paul nailed it in his introduction to my book. He said, Louie Louie folks may not always remember where they put the car keys or where they put the car for that matter. But we feel pretty good about the fact that we do have a car somewhere. <laughs> An attitude of gratitude. Lots of folks don't look at their lives that way. In fact, lots of folks seem to hate the fact that all of those years have been piling up on them. You know, maybe instead of letting their oldy moldy feelings eat up the rest of their lives, they really ought to try an attitude of gratitude for all those years. Because lots of people 
they'll get to complain about all their years. Like those kids in Connecticut who never got to go to a record hop and dance to Louie Louie or drive a car or fall in love and bring someone flowers. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.